Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, Hallmarkies and Postables. We are back for part two of our recap of From Paris with Love. And of course, I am joined by my lovely co-hosts, Cami, Jess, and Shandell. And we are just going to jump right back into it last we left off holly has entered the building dun 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 <sighs> holly. we're like bum 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right so shane and holly have exchanged some interesting words about how that man can kiss and how angry Oliver eats clams and red wine and Holly does not care about this blonde lady, doesn't care about her name, but whatever. <laughs> um, so what makes this whole thing so much more awkward is the doors open up and we hear Oliver enter and there's a triple high and deer caught in headlights look by Oliver there's uh, there's holly's confident confident flirty hi and then there's shane oh my gosh like hi and then there's his high like oh i like oh like oh he literally has no idea what to do next yeah everybody's emotions are captured in their high which i love yes i love that i was actually gonna say the same thing and then also um shane refers to oliver as mr otula as not to give away her her feelings and she just gets the heck out of there you know what i'm saying um but in that scene so we see holly or we yeah we see holly we see shane and we see oliver and one thing that shandell you had put on your blog is and i think you have a series or a few posts about the wardrobe theories from all the movies maybe or a lot of them yeah i've got wardrobe there's all the wardrobe plays different functions so there's every every single episode every single movie well every single movie at least has like some element of wardrobe attached to it that is telling some piece of the story yeah so why don't you share your wardrobe theory on this because this is where if you um are listening this is where the oliver has the plaid and it's that gray tinted purpley color with the yeah, red like suspenders there's, gray, there's red there's purple there's blue like there's just every manner of color but mostly colors that coordinate directly to holly and directly to shane so um when oliver wears plaid it's usually a sign of comes some kind of distress and the closer it is to his body the kind of deeper it is within him and so what we see here in this scene well not really in this particular scene but kind of on this day and in different scenes, how um, Oliver has got this shirt on that's just completely like it's plaid. All the lines are running together. He's kind of got um, impacts, you know, both Shane and <clears throat> Holly are impacting him in some way, like some level of distress or frustration or hurt or um, they're all kind of have an impact on him. And so this is what the shirt is kind of representing here is that he's kind of got both of these women that he's 
got conflicting feelings about for and is trying to kind of handle and his shirt is kind of indicative of the stress that it's placing on him at a very deep level Mm -hmm. yeah and that plot is also very 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 busy yes it's very busy very vivid and um it's very it's just kind of interesting to see like you know how open and how um available it is so there's you know if you see later in the day when he's at dinner with shane his jacket's off so you get kind of get that full vulnerability you kind of can see all of that kind of paint the surprisingly bright colors yeah bright colors because holly's in a super bright and it's funny because shane is also sort of shrunk back a little bit in this moment so when holly kind of comes on the scene she's so dominant that like shane just kind of shrinks and kind of almost disappears into herself a little bit because her clothes keep getting darker and darker and kind of more towards what can be considered her armor because Oliver also has armor and that's his Mm -hmm. suit. It kind of covers up all of like his internal stuff with this kind of external, very like um, uniform structured suit that has a very, you know, distinct tone, color, everything to it. And it's completely opposite of what he's been wearing the two previous days, what are just like a white shirt, a nice tie, a pocket square, a jacket, like, and all of it's completely like solid one color. And this shirt is 100% the opposite of that. Yeah. And that was the interesting thing to me when I watched it the first time, I was like, this shirt is just, (laughs) huh? It's a mess. I know. It's and very un-Oliver like, you know, and that makes complete sense, especially with the red suspenders. Mm-hmm. Just it's official, seen those but it's... since Christmas. He's been wearing this a long time. Yeah. yeah. It, it clashes. It's just like there's the clash of Holly and Shane. He's got those clashing colors that he's wearing because the red stands out. It's like, oh, that doesn't belong there. And Holly, who's wearing red, does not belong there. So. Does not belong there. Right. <laughs> So let's talk about Holly and Oliver's, um, dis- like their talk, I guess, for lack of better words. Um, there's no communication between these two. They're talking, but they are t- they're speaking two different languages. And uh, it's just, I had so many questions. I-, I was like, how did these two people get married? Thank you. <laughs> um and the other thing too that struck me as kind of a da-da moment was the poet and know it thing and i have no words like you know oliver kind of chuckles and then holly's like huh i don't get it and i'm like how do you not get it it's a really well known airhead theory from last time So then there's also the, discu- the the very quick discussion of sleeping arrangements. I knew it was going there. I was, you know, I'm like, oh gosh, is she going to like be like, can I have my old room back? <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, as, if you assume the room is going to, there, there's only one room, you know what I mean? Like you right. feel like you kind of know what the answer to that is going to be. So like, <laughs> if the answer is that like, we're going to have to share the room, share the bed, the answer is probably no. But also I feel like Oliver was kind of hoping that maybe she wouldn't. Like, I feel like he he kind of didn't really want her to be there. And she knew she wasn't going to be there. But like maybe at an obligation, he just like tried to offer it because he is still under obligation. Mm-hmm. He's got the ring on all of that. That's a gentlemanly thing to do. Mm-hmm. But like, I think part of me, part of him just did not want to, was hoping that maybe she would say no, but also was hurt when she finally did because they're still, he's still got to have some kind of feeling of some type, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. I mean, I was, I mean, obviously I didn't want them to go back like home together 
even though they're no, technically similar. But yeah, you could totally tell in Oliver's voice, it was a, a oh, like she's still my wife. So <laughs> technically she still should kind of live with me, but I really don't want her to, but I'm going to offer it anyways, kind of in a roundabout way. And oh, good. She's not. <laughs> she's going to Brown Palace Hotel. Um, and another thing that struck me too, is how he says, oh, you've always wanted to stay there. And it was almost like a, it seemed kind of regretful in a sense that, you know, he, he knew that, but he's never like done anything about that. You know, like, I don't know. It was almost just some of his inner turmoil is starting to kind of come out. And we see that later when he talks to Shane up in the rafters, but there is a lot of turmoil here that Oliver has now is now having to face. Um, and so Holly invites him out for drinks at 10 p.m., which is like way past my bedtime. Well, All right. Kind of. It's because you and I have children, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect time for us night owls. <laughs> Only when binging stuff. Otherwise, yeah. I'm, I'm going to bed. Bye. <laughs> so Holly leaves without even saying hello to Norman and Rita. Norman kind of does this quick like mm, glance she's coming she's coming <laughs> scatter squad my favorite like little sequel like team sequence right there yes, I love that. Kind of they do that. it twice they do I it definitely twice. get to that at some point because i was like this is the best and oh, please do. Please i did do. gif it it lives on a and i'm fairly certain this gif lives <laughs> oh <laughs> i love it we're gonna be downloading like, this like little ants <laughs> just scatter <laughs> And sliding in their heels. I'm like, how the heck did they do that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they had to do it multiple times. You know this. Like, you're oh, very yeah. surprised oh, yeah. that someone has not broken an ankle by this point or sprained <laughs> it or any of that nature. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't even walk in heels, much less slide <laughs> in them. You know? <laughs> I would have been on my butt, for sure. At least, more, <laughs> at least once or twice in the, in the sequence of, like, filming that. I would have been on my butt at least twice. Oliver comes out very much shaken and he tells Shane that he needs clams and red wine, which he has this hankering for, where is it? Sardinian, Sardinian clams and, and an unassuming Brunello. Which a Brunello is a very pricey. So, you know, he is a very angry oh. to spend some money on some Ooh. really expensive bottle of wine. <laughs> Especially at a. I did not know that. Thank you. I think yeah. that was some great information. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's a rare grape and not a rare grape in Italy. It's something along those lines. I googled it because I was like, I wonder if there's any parallels to his taste. If like the more expensive it is, the more angry he gets. The cheaper it is, the not so angry he is. I don't know. So, hmm. um, yeah, they range from like forty dollars to like hundred fifty dollars a bottle or something like that, according to Google. And you know. We always trust the internet. Of course. <laughs> All right. Well, we have some idea. Like, that's, they didn't get those out of nowhere. So yeah. well, somebody's got it. It's true. So Joey and Caitlin, their backstory is they were very much in love, as we saw at the very beginning of the movie. Um, however, they, and Joey blames himself for causing them to wait to have children. And by the time they were ready, the doctors told them that they were not able to have any kids. So this really um this really affected their marriage in the fact that they just started drifting apart and um i think both both characters were experiencing a lot of inner turmoil which we kind of we kind of figured joey is blaming himself 
for, you know, delaying the family process. And we find out later that Caitlin is blaming herself for failing at having a child. Um, so while they are in this, this, you know, this turmoil within their marriage, Caitlin goes out every Monday night and Joey sees a text from Ken on Caitlin's phone and assumes that he is cheating. So he just straight up files for divorce. Um, and as he is mailing the papers, he hears a carjacking and he accidentally lets go of the, the, the divorce papers into the, the mailbox, goes, runs over to, you know, save the lady and he gets hurt, beat up and Caitlin just nurses him back to health. And that was the turning point in the relationship where they became, you know, he sees her in a new light and he forgives her and he doesn't even mention to her anything about Ken, anything about what he thought he, you know, he thought he saw, um, that's when Oliver agrees to return the divorce papers to Joey. So my question for you guys, do you think this is because Joey has forgiven Caitlin something that we find out later that Oliver is struggling for Holly or is he simply just doing the right thing? I think Shane speaks directly to kind of his heart and convicts him. I mean, she more or less quotes scripture. You know, the one thing that she's learned from him is that all things end up working together for good. And I think kind of in that moment, not actually, you know, in addition to sort of seeing the fact that, um, Joey has forgiven Caitlin that I think that it's kind of in that moment that she's really spoken to him in a way that's speaking kind of directly to his heart. And in that moment, he makes a decision that he can have, that he Mm -hmm. can have the, you know, the opportunity to, to, to do that, to take the letter and, and to, to deal with it kind of on his own. Yeah. Good point. So Caitlin returns and Norman and Rita not so discreetly share. They have they have the letter you forgot it Caitlin's letter yeah (laughs) Caitlin's letter yeah it's almost like he says Caitlin's letter a little bit louder than the whole rest of the sentence oh yeah (laughs) and I mean I don't blame Caitlin for going irate I mean I would if I found out two years ago my husband was gonna leave me and then what well, and especially because she didn't think that she was doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if there was some kind of straying happening, then I would still be angry that my husband had never said anything to me, but it would at least have been justified. Right. But in her mind, there is no justification for this whatsoever. And so she said, I've been nursing a man for two years who was planning to divorce me. In, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, w- I would have been ticked. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not married, but I think that like it also says that like their communication in marriage is key. Like even the things that you don't think will come up or like are in there are gonna come up eventually. Like it's not something you can just like slip under the rug and just avoid. Like eventually it's gonna come up one way or another, whether it's like because, you know, somebody's done something that's very similar to that, and so you're kind of, like, calling back to that, and it's triggering you in that moment, or if it's, like, something else, but I feel like that's, I feel like that must be a testament to that. I, the married ladies can speak to me on this issue, but I feel oh, like Oh, well, as, as someone who well, has been married for almost 12 years, yes, uh, anything that you do not get out will come back to bite you. I can guarantee it. <laughs> oh, 100%. I've been married for eight years, um, communication is a vital, like when my husband and I are off and we're just not in sync, it's just, it's not good at mm-hmm. all. Like it's, mm-hmm. we're just having a bad day 
But when we do communicate, and sometimes when we do over communicate, we have to re-explain ourselves. And communication isn't even just like talking, it's listening, it's learning how the other person communicates, it's their body language. There's just so much that goes into communication than just like talking, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, for Joey and Caitlin, obviously their communication was really suffering there. But to be fair, they they couldn't have kids, and that is a very big thing especially for people who want kids so desperately it's traumatic but um caitlin and joey reconcile at the end as they realize that as joey realizes that caitlin wasn't cheating on him she was just going to the the club that they had gone to to practice her stand-up so that she can make him laugh again and so and she didn't want to tell him because um she didn't want to oh sorry and didn't want to fail at that like she failed at having a baby and that is just so heartbreaking you can see i think it was rita in the background who's just like crying and i'm like and grabs norman's hand (laughs) so here's here's an interesting thing that i noticed did you guys notice that both incidents with the ring involved the hands flying I I found I I noticed that for the first time when I was watching it for this for this time around. But when the ring went flying in the DLO, Shane said, "Where does it all end?" And she flings her hand and knocks Oliver's hand, and the ring goes flying. And then in the restaurant, uh, in the restaurant, Caitlin says, "You saw me in a parking lot." with a man well there goes the marriage and she throws it and and she throws the the uh manila envelope down and then she looks down and there's the ring mm-hmm. i just i found that interesting that both times that there were incidents with the ring it's when things were overdone <laughs> it's when things were 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 really over over dramatized and kind of over emotional i guess yeah huh that's a good point i never noticed that before but yeah (laughs) yeah and i mean metaphorically i guess where does it all end well it all ends for caitlin joey right there because then they can start fresh and new as we see later on i guess i don't know i don't know i'm just trying to make it work all (laughs) right so let's go to the hashtag holiver date Yes, I wrote. Oh, do Holly. we have to? Do we have to? It, okay. Do you want me to say Holly and Ollie? Oh. <laughs> no, I think she said she doesn't. I have to go to the date. Go over the interaction. I don't think yeah, it's yeah. I think it's the interaction she's opposed to. But unfortunately, it's very central to the plot, and it actually changes depending on whether or not you're watching the U.S. version or the one that got watched outside the U.S. So, yes. <laughs> And it's well known on A&D as well that there's mm-hmm. actually two versions that always get commented on. It's like, well, if you're watching it in the international version, it actually makes a hundred times more sense why mm-hmm. they ever, you know, got within two feet of each other. So I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you have not seen the international version of this, the Holiver date, go to Alameda and Downing or go to the YouTube and type in Alameda and Downing and find it. Mm-hmm. It will blow your mind because... <laughs> you know, all of us are U.S. citizens. We've only seen the U.S. version and we're all kind of left baffled. Like, what are you talking about? But this scene, and I don't know why they decided to cut this scene particularly in the U.S. version, but it is so key as to why 
Holliver <laughs> got married and um but before we go there let's just talk real quick i'm going to go over some hollyisms and then we'll talk about the the scene um so she calls him ollie and he says don't call me that and i'm like yeah don't call him that please <laughs> oh gosh um and then she asks do you want me back why did you marry me if you want to be a grown-up you got to be your own hero heroes can be cowards um and she came back to see what she wanted to which oliver says and which the rest of us are saying what about what i want and all of those questions that she it's all about her it's not about oliver at all which shows you like what kind of person she is she's still not she's immature she's just she's not she's not in it for a marriage i think she's in it for i don't know the novelty of it the novelty of being married something fun we did this afternoon because you remember <laughs> three hours later like fun this afternoon we just got married <laughs> that might imagine it honestly right <laughs> well and what i what i found interesting was when she says talking using actual words we were never very good at that and i'm thinking yeah because you're not very good at that <laughs> you know it's just like You've got Oliver, this master of words over here, who can, in his own way, communicate very well. Now, it takes a very special person to understand him, but words are not his problem. And, you know, Holly, her words are all over the place. And so, you know, we were never very good at that. It's a no, 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 darling. You are not very good at that. So, Well, I think it goes back to a communication thing. Because, I mean. So that's not, exactly what it is. I'm just, I'm it, taking it, I'm taking it totally at face value. That, she, you know, she's trying to put everything on the marriage. And she's not putting, she's not taking any responsibility for anything mm -hmm. uh, on herself. I'm just like, okay, you need to leave now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what struck me most about this was actually kind of what Casey said about how it's all about her. Cause I couldn't believe when um, she said, I came back to find out what I want. And I'm like, you've had two years that you left to figure out what you want. And you, you, A, like, what has this done to Oliver being away two years? B, what is it doing to him for you coming back and see you're only doing this so you know what you want like oh i could not believe that i just need to know what i want mm, okay <laughs> yeah and i mean here too so we know from the christmas movie when oliver is talking to what's his name um jordan jordan thank you so we know from when oliver is talking to jordan in the christmas movie they have been married for now three years she left two years ago three minus two equals one they were married for a year before she left and here's the thing and i feel like i can say this because i've been married for a while and cammy you I mean feel free to chime in here too but the first year of marriage is the hardest i mean like it's one of the hardest i'm not gonna say it's the hardest but you're learning 
okay, first you're putting two people, two very different people into a whole life. You have to combine everything. You got to get your finances. You got to get your, you know, the faith aspect. Like, you know, you could be of the like faith, but maybe one has a different preference on churches and you know, you have these different things. What about kids? What about communication? What about the towel on the floor? What about the quirks that people don't realize when they're dating? Cause you're not living with them and you don't see them 24 seven. Like, there are a lot of communication issues in the first year because it's to be expected. It's two people who are blending lives together. And like, you know, if that's the reason, if that's the reason why she left, well, like that, that's not good enough. Like you didn't, she didn't work hard enough at it at the marriage at all because the first year is going to be hard. And like, like I said, and I think, you know, Jess said it too. She likes the novelty and it's very apparent in the fact that, she left after a year. She got tired of him. She got she got tired of him. Like, okay, well, I did the marriage thing, so now I'm gone. Yeah, and I'm off my bucket list. To a government official, I'm leaving right. for Paris. Okay, bye. Like she just <laughs> leaves, and she like leaves him at the National Postal Museum. Like she doesn't even just leave him at home. She leaves him like on an, like in another state, like just on wherever. vacation. You know, she doesn't even leave him at home. She leaves him, like, at the National Postal Museum, which, you know, as we know, meant a lot to him, but, like, it just boggled my mind. Not only did she choose, she left, choose, chose to leave him on vac- to leave him on vacation. Like, what? She probably chose it because, you know, it's closer to fly out of uh, Washington than Denver to get to Paris. He's not wrong, but, like, wow. <laughs> like, really, how much, how much self, like, how self-absorbed do you have to be to not even consider what you're doing in that moment to just leave? You know what I mean? It's right. awful. It's just so awful. She's, well, yeah. and here's, here's the, here's the one thing, here's the one thing that bothered me about Oliver, because she asks, why did you marry me? And what did he say? He did not say, well, what, what, can, can I go there? watch the international version, but go ahead. Okay. I, I know I haven't <laughs> seen the international version. I haven't seen it, but for all of us stateside people, you know, <laughs> But why did you marry me? He does not say because I loved you. He does not say because I fell in love with you. He said, you made me uncomfortable with my life. My life needs shaking up. Really? I agree. That's why you married her? There's your problem. (laughs) So let's dive into the international version of that. Please. Um, so what I hear and what I see from the international version, basically Oliver was attracted because she was hot. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) lack of better words. Um, but no, she, he says that she, she's, she's beautiful and he was entranced by the way she, what was it? It was like her, the way she viewed the world. Yeah. The the way, yes. Yes. And then it goes into the shaking up and Chandel, you can go ahead and jump in. Um, because you know, you you've I think you've dissected this part yeah it's what I thought was really interesting about this so if you watch the international version they actually talk a little bit more about the fact that they were kind of in this life or death situation and so it was kind of like a fate thing it's like well how could we not be meant to be together when we've kind of you know encountered each other in such an extraordinary way and 
you know, she talks about how, you know, kind of the whole situation itself was very epic. And like, he comes and finds her and digs her out of this, you know, digs, you know, her out of the car, out of the snow and carries her. And she's like, it was just, it was epic. Like, it's just this very huge, very like, um, dramatic moment. And so in a sense that kind of heightened everything. I mean, life or death usually does. And -hmm. I feel like that's why they got attracted to each other is because they were in, they shared this very intense, possibly slightly traumatic moment and like that just kind of brought them together and so they were like well you know this must be fate and apparently that's what Oliver said because Holly said you know that's what you said and I believed you so she believed that you know she was kind of fulfilling this kind of fantasy moment of like being saved by this hero and and Mm -hmm. um them having kind of this fairy tale story and that's what brought them together and you know he was I guess complicit in that in a way because you know he reaffirmed that by choosing to marry her in a sense and so it just became but once they exited once they could see this you know the see the sun again once they exited that situation that's kind of I feel like when the moment kind of had passed and they started to see how kind of like you know kind of incompatible they kind of truly were and so I feel like that that moment if it had remained in the U.S. version would have left would have answered a lot more questions because in a way the way that it was edited made a lot more questions but I also Mm -hmm. feel like because it was cut for time they thought they had kind of covered that piece I think earlier in the film when Rita's explaining to Shane kind of how they met that there's it's implied that obviously they met in this life or death situation so Mm -hmm. like you're able to kind of extrapolate that oh well they must have done it because they were in this situation together that's now connected them in this unique way but it's very different to hear the characters straight Mm -hmm. up admit that than it is to sort of have to put those pieces together on your own so it feels more organic I feel like in that way Never make a life decision based on a traumatic event. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Well, truth be told. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd be curious to know how, how quickly they got married after, like, how long were they dating before they got married? Because we know like they eloped, but we don't know how quickly. I feel like it would have to be quickly, otherwise they would have realized these things a little bit sooner. Well, I feel like they, they didn't because their communication was so poor because, you know, she could decide, you know, anytime that um Oliver kissed her she forgot every promise she ever made to herself so like for a long time she wasn't even forced to confront those pieces of herself Mm -hmm. and he didn't have to contend with them because he could talk her out of anything so like they never really had that kind of come to Jesus moment where they both had to like confront each other and make a decision and like really deal with each other instead they found Mm -hmm. ways to kind of dance around each other in a sense yeah did you take dance lessons they wanted to get better at it but like they didn't have a chance so lucky for us did you ladies notice the complete the complete difference in Oliver's demeanor from the beginning to the end? At the beginning, he's nostalgic. He's very awkward. You can tell he's very uncomfortable, but he's doing this out of nostalgia. And then the conversation starts to go and I, I love it when he says, I don't see how leaving your husband can be considered heroic. You know, that, that's kind of what I feel is the turning point in the, in the conversation, because then he starts demanding answers. Mm-hmm. And unforgiveness is taking him over, and he's they finally deciding that, like, this is the, he's mad. He's now gotten in this situation where, like, the unforgiveness is actually, like, a boiling pot you don't realize how much of it that he's been harboring. And I don't think he did either until she got right back in front of him. Mm-hmm. And the way that she's, he's encountering, they're interacting with each other and encountering each other is making him angrier. And I feel like that's kind of what you see because even he dismisses her when she decides to go write her poem. He's like, yeah, you do that. Like behind that's- her back. And you're like, oh, 
that's a little much. Like, you know that he's doing something a little extra. Like right. That, and that was, that was one of my biggest points is he starts out, he starts out very nostalgic, but incredibly awkward. He moves to the turning point where he starts demanding answers. And by the end, he is completely annoyed with her. He, right. it, he just, mm -hmm. Holly, it's been a long day. I'm tired. Let's go to bed. And this isn't going like, to change. You, yeah. Like, you, I'm going to go upstairs. Yeah. Bye-bye. You know, <laughs> just, he is completely annoyed and emotionally he's completely done. Yeah. You can tell that he's, they still have that dinner at the mailbox grill later on, but you can tell that he is completely done. And he I think one of those languages to tell me why you're here. I was like, oh, he's like, he's <laughs> he is mad. He is really. salty. He had all those zingers and stuff that you felt like he'd started to dispense on Shane, but then they like go rapid fire on Holly. And I was like, oh, that's, that's extra. That's a little much. And I think too, the one thing interesting here also is the fact that Holly refuses to say the word divorce. Like she doesn't want to be the one that looks bad. So she's going to let Oliver say it so he that in her too. mind, he whispers it. Yeah. Like he doesn't even want anybody at an adjoining or like adjacent table to hear him. Like he's just Have so been. little about it. Like it's a scary word. I feel like to him mm -hmm. because obviously once that tie breaks, he's got more free space. And what does he do with the free space? So like he's even having to come up against these other like kind of psychological barriers that he's, that have been allowing him to sort of stay yeah, kind of the bound up in the way that he is right now. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing too, back to the international version real quick, when he tells her she's a beautiful woman and they pan to Holly and she's like playing with her hair and she's like, hair flip. I gift that too, because it's fantastic. <laughs> and like, I was like, this is brilliant. And I love it so much. It's <laughs> a little piece of hair that she just like kind of flips back behind her hair. So that, that one just so vain. Yeah. So vain. So vain. Yeah. We've, we, we, we've beat Holly up now. <laughs> I still love her. I just, I don't <laughs> love her around. I need her to leave. Yeah. No, I mean, it's all good. Great discussion on the Holliver relationship here. Um, just because there's just so much to dissect and it answers so many questions about Oliver and who he is as a character and what his past life was and how he deals with this kind of stress and everything. So um, let's jump to the next day, which I believe is Friday. So this day, it starts, so it's interesting because we don't really see um, the postables together. So the four of them, really, we just see them, we see Shane and Oliver in the rafters at work and then it jumps back into the nightclub but um i loved this scene between oliver and shane oh I my gosh i am so crazy about this scene i am so crazy about this scene and it is such i mean it's obvious timing it really is and you obviously know that they are pitting they're they're not pitting but they're putting shane's wit and intellect and maturity up against the previous night of everything that Holly does not have, but just seeing both of those things one right after the other, it, it really brings it even more into the light and you just go, whoa, <laughs> dump her, marry her. You yeah. know? <laughs> And Oliver is very emotional. I think this is, up to this point, this is the most vulnerable, this is the most emotional that we've seen him 
Eric Mabius is brilliant in playing this scene because uh, Oliver isn't crying. Like he's not sobbing. He's not even like, you know, tempted to cry, but all his feelings are at the surface. Like you can see his eyes are like watered over and he's just had a night of just, he probably didn't sleep all night. Oliver was probably up and, you know, they do mention that in, when, you know, Shane's like, oh, in my way. And, um, and neither one of them, neither one of them could sleep. Yeah. I mean, probably for the same reason because <laughs> of Holly. Um, but the one thing that just really gets me is when Shane is encouraging him and says like, you always do the right thing. And Oliver's basically says he regrets everything that he didn't do oh man and this is also kind of a twist too because usually it's oliver that has all the right words for all of the letter deliveries for you know all those broken hearts that they've mended and all the families they've reunited and all of the you know the soldiers that they've encouraged and everything it's always oliver that has had the right words to say at the right moments to fix whatever that letter story was um, and now with, who's given the wise words right and even <laughs> with norman and rita i mean he's always given the right words to norman like he gave him the right pep talk um but this time yeah it's shane who gives him all the right words and um she says to him she she realizes and this kind of shows how close they are that oliver hasn't forgiven holly and that's really the biggest obstacle right now. And that's why Oliver's feelings are like right at the surface is because he hasn't forgiven her. Um, what do you guys think about this scene? Well, I, I like that she picks it up it. off the fact that he says that like she's telling the story about the snowman that she mm -hmm. passes every day that's been made, made that way. You know, somebody who just made him that way and left him and, you know, and she's like, you know, he can only wait until he can thaw. And then he then Oliver says but then he melts and then she's like you haven't forgiven her so they weren't even really talking necessarily about Holly but mm -hmm. like the like the depth and sort of um I don't know the way that they have it like this vocabulary that they seem to be able to sort of share with each other that they're so in sync like just I love that that she picks up on something that is like unrelated immediately and it's just like mm -hmm. wait you haven't forgiven her because there's a like an air of bitterness in the fact that he melts even it's just very interesting i just love that little bit right there just even yeah. that communication bit just that that there does it for me even yeah what i find most beautiful about this scene is that we really see the depth of shane's character because when she tells him forgiveness is doing the right thing she knows that that's a risk for her to say that because there's always a chance that if if Oliver forgives Holly, he could end up getting back together with Holly. It'd have been so easy for her to be like, she's horrible. Look at like Oliver, look what she's done to you. Like what like to convince him to to just cast her off. But instead she shows true love and true friendship by saying, you know, doing the right thing for you, especially just knowing Oliver's heart and his faith, you need to forgive her, even though that could be detrimental to, to their own relationship. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. I also find it really, really telling how that tiny little line meant so much to him when she does the spring thing and she actually realizes that she said it. 
I mean, you see this huge weight come off of Oliver's face and he smiles for the first time since he came in that morning. Mm -hmm. And just how that teeny tiny little phrase meant so much to him because of the realization that she is his intellectual equal. Mm-hmm. She, she is on the same level of maturity, even though they are very different people, they are the same where it matters and they are the same where it counts. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a turning point for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. Hey, you guys, I know you are all chomping at the bit to get back to our discussion about From Paris with Love, but first, I just wanted to share a quick word from today's sponsor, Care Of. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long term. Care Of is focused on the quality, science, and research that goes into each of their products and recommendations. Plus, they use wholesome ingredients that you recognize like organic cocoa and pink Himalayan salt. Care Of's easy online quiz helps you find the vitamins and powders that will support your specific health goals like improving your fitness routine or managing stress. The quiz took me just a few minutes and Care Of gave me some great recommendations, including the extra batteries quick sticks, because as a mom of two little ones, I'm always in need of a quick energy boost in the afternoons. Care Of can make taking your vitamins and supporting your health goals attainable, and it's hassle-free as your vitamins and supplements are delivered to you. So what are you waiting for? I'm excited to share that for 25% off each of your first three months of Care Of, go to takecareof.com slash hallmarkies25 and enter the code hallmarkies25. Again, for 25% off each of your first three months of Care Of, go to takecareof.com slash hallmarkies25 and enter code hallmarkies25. Now back to our show. All right, so let's dive back into the comedy club and Joey and Caitlin and wrapping up their story. And so um, the one thing that I love about this whole moment is Norman stepping it up and he be, he's the MC. He's warming up the crowd, spouting up these random facts. And I just love how Rita is like, awestruck (laughs) she's completely awestruck that he would go up and do that something that he never even dreamed he could Mm -hmm. being bold being bold that's not till later (laughs) (laughs) oh some people talk about the weather some people make make it i love that line (laughs) so yeah that's like my favorite so joey surprises caitlin with a with a reproposal, I guess it's more like a renewal of like his love for her. And Caitlin obviously accepts. So Caitlin says, you know, a funny thing happened on our way to divorce. We fell back into love. Love it so much. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Oh my gosh. I, I'm crying <laughs> now because that, oh my gosh, that scene is just so, so beautiful. It just, oh, it made me, it made me cry. It, it still makes me cry. And I just, and you know, doesn't hurt Mr. Blue Eyes is looking at her with those with those long gazes. You know? <laughs> but 
it's just so, so sweet. And here we've seen the backstory. We've seen the flashbacks. We mm -hmm. know what these two have been through and we know, and we know what it means for him. We know what it means for him to say, will you marry me one more time? And will, and if you put this ring back on my finger, I promise you, I will never take it off again. Ah, oh, just get them up. <laughs> <laughs> so as Caitlin says that line, the camera starts panning to Shane. Oh, you know, for them, that it's a real particular way. Let's for see them, it's the perfect line, but for yeah. Shane, it's <gasps> no. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part about the parallels between both letter stories is like you both have two roads kind of going, they're parallel and then they go, you know, yeah. they separate. Um, so let's go into the Holliver date number two. Ugh. Oliver has booked the mailbox girl, like it is closed for like just the two of them and it's decked out in the twinkle lights. And I have in my notes, what the heck, man? <laughs> that's so funny seriously you must have dropped some serious cash on that like let's be honest like can you imagine the business they should have been doing that night like right you, know, like, you must have dropped some serious cash on that and then all the decor i know right and you wonder if he put all that up like did you make them do it or like because i mean he was lighting the candles and stuff and i'm like you know i feel like i need to know who did this was it you <laughs> was it you <laughs> so they chat about poetry and holly shares the poem that she's written she admits that she's not a good poet, but it takes her from her head to her heart. She's and so why is she being published? <laughs> um, and then independent publisher. Okay. Independent. There you go. Probably that guy that read it. He probably has his own publishing company. Thinks she's hot and is going to like produce the book. There you uh, go. Yep. <laughs> um, and then kudos to you, Shandell, for pointing this out in A and D. But Holly uses Oliver's words, so they both understand what he's what she's saying um, when she apologizes, and she says, "The longer she waits, or she the, she said that the longer she waited, the longer the road home seemed." Yeah, I really yeah. love that because I feel like not only is she apologize is yeah she apologizing which obviously oliver needed but like i feel like that unlocked his ability to actually hear really hear her and hear the things that she was saying and i feel like even in that moment like she was figuring out how to communicate with him so even even as their marriage is ending they ended on like a good note on like more ways than one so like they actually were able to kind of unlock that communication piece even though like you know kind of the season had passed and it's clear it's over but like there was still like some they finally reached some level of understanding with each other mm -hmm. and it was kind of in that really critical moment and I feel like that was a really important thing um for both of them right yeah for sure and then Oliver so this is going to be a topic of contention I'm sure and there are lots of feelings and I've, I've read, I've read the blog. Um, so I have an idea of what Shandell thinks. And I, we've talked about this on the podcast with Cammie and Jess. My fists are already starting to clench. <laughs> so Oliver dances the dance with Holly. How do we feel about these two dancing the dance? The one that Shane learned specifically as a favor to Oliver, the one that 
got all hot and steamy up in the DLO and the masterpiece. At least it did for me and my heart. Um, but what do we all think about these two dancing the dance? The one that he got so mad at her for showing Jordan. <laughs> I think it was necessary in order for, I think dancing period was necessary in order for Oliver to completely kind of close or begin to close that loop on all the things that he didn't get a chance to do well while Holly was still like 100% his wife. I feel like it was necessary for him to be able to show, yeah, you know, I did take these classes. Like I am trying now to like do this thing that I know I never did before. Um, and then obviously when he kisses her, that's like kind of the ultimate thing. Cause that's kind of the, you know, does it still have the same impact that it did or doesn't it kind of a thing but also it just kind of allowed them to sort of end well I do understand that there are a couple steps of that dance that are like oh, oh but she did that with Shane and that's what Shane saw but like I also feel like the dip is very unique to Shane and Oliver and so in that sense mm-hmm. it's completely preserved for them and then I also want to know that it took place in the mailbox grill not the DLO I'd be 10 times angrier if it took place in the DLO because I feel like that <laughs> is like restricted home it's it, like it's it's his it's kind of an inner inner box sanctuary it's a sanctuary it's a place in his heart yeah it's a sanctuary it's a place in his heart it's a very like precious thing for him so the fact that he was out here at the mailbox grill which is kind of neutral neutral place neutral space like that that for me made it okay I was able to kind of be like okay well there's still particular elements of the dance that were not replicated and like it's a space that I do not consider sort of a sanctuary or like a sacred space or like a home space or anything that really has a true like meaning for him Mm -hmm. I agree that the dancing itself was necessary but it's the dance (laughs) again no dip though no dip and that's no dip that to me is like 100% Shane and Oliver. And if he had stepped into that territory, there would have been some words exchanged. And I would have had a really nasty post about that. Because <laughs> let's remember, I was like, you know, why we should actually be thanking Holly. So I was really not ready to let Oliver off the hook for anything post this film. Like first things first. So like, you know, you know, that would have just been another piece that I would have put in there. But I feel like there were some pieces that were preserved. So mm. I don't think I would have been so, I don't think I would have been as upset if he hadn't made such a big deal about it to Jordan. You know, he gets all up in Shane's face, you taught him the dance. I wasn't selling state secrets, I'm like, that was our dance. And then he goes and he dances it with Holly, I'm like, you hypocrite, you know? <laughs> Well, I guess he is a hypocrite more than once now, isn't he? You know, <laughs> he I mean, is a hypocrite. Be real about it. She called him twice, like really hardcore. So she was taking care of two things at once. She's there like, you go. Right now, but also if I want to like lump that in, I totally could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twice now, been unaddressed. So. Oh man. And while we're all saying, you know, because Shane is walking by, she sees them dancing, and she's like, "Don't kiss her, don't kiss her," and we're all saying, "Don't kiss her." <laughs> I remember even even when I watched this for the first time, I didn't even fully understand the history. I, you know, this was the first time I had ever seen mm-hmm. anything, um, anything related to uh, to sign seal delivered. And even I'm saying, don't kiss her, don't kiss yeah. her. You know, it's just yeah, it just shows just how invested you get so yeah. quickly. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, like as much as we didn't want her, want them to kiss the Holliver kiss, um, it's essential. It's essential to that story because we had, Oliver is a gentleman. He 
references this i am a gentleman he doesn't take off his ring he is dedicated to his marriage till the very end until you know it it is absolutely 100 percent sure it is over and he has to kiss her it's almost like you know i'm gonna give you one last chance you know um you know to see if she would actually stay or if she's just being crazy or whatever she's gonna leave um but it's definitely very essential because i mean she and we know that holly has mentioned earlier on that he could change her mind with a kiss and she doesn't stay yep and she does and that that kiss did not change one thing about you know I feel like that's the key fact that actually ends up having having to come out later is that like that's how not only can you know Oliver be sure but like then Shane can be sure like that's Mm -hmm. for me I feel like that's the turning point in that conversation when she like 100% realizes there's just I don't know there's just a certain weight to it (laughs) to that truth yeah it's carried for both of them and so when it's kind of confirmed on both ends then they can kind of like they can kind of go back to their rhythm a little bit so right it needed to kind of happen needed to be known and they needed to emphasize it as much as humanly possible in order for that impact to still to still be there at the end yeah exactly and shane is crushed hope has been lost for shane she doesn't know what this kiss means all she knows is that oliver can change holly's mind with a kiss and she witnesses them kissing and she is just heartbroken heartbroken enough that she quits the post office for good again (laughs) again but no for real this time she quits for good in her mind you know she's not going back she is heartbroken she can't handle it she can't be there to see oliver and holly you know being a couple um because that's what she thinks at this time and she goes to oliver's desk takes his favorite letter opener um and as she is like you know leaving her letter norman and rita walk in which at this point it's got to be really late because comedy club's start late and end late and we know later on it's two you know oliver's setting up something at 2 a.m but norman and rita find shane and they are crushed to find out that shane is quitting she's leaving them i mean cue the tears cue the sobbing i mean it's just so heartbreaking for the three of them because shane has been essentially a big sister to them she's become like one of their best friends and um a few lines here that i have written down is when shane says don't let nothing happen to you or nothing finally happened don't let nothing happen to the two of you and then i also have written down that norman says what about the postables and you're like norman making my heart like break and shane says oh norman we'll always have the postables and you're just like i'm wondering i'm wondering if she was kind of partially quoting casablanca because the quote is we'll always have paris could have been and and so there's you know there's that tie in there is she is she is she trying to make a connection will always have the postables the way they will always have paris and casablanca which is just a memory huh i 100% because i mean i just know martha and i know that like her wealth of of film knowledge and like origins and stuff 100% cuz i mean i just 
I just know that she's got to be pulling. And then the classic film theme that just, for me, just permeates this film. It just seems like there's no other question. I feel like there are probably very few people who caught it or read it that way, but I feel like that's probably, like, in her mind, that's probably how she was thinking as she was writing it. Oddly enough, my husband caught that. Nice. I know. He said, even for that one person in the back, you know what I mean? If it's the one person in the back who knows the reference, it's for them. Like, and it was 100% worth it usually for a writer. Yeah. But he said, what's that from? What, what, what is, what is she, what is she quoting? I said, uh, Casablanca will always have Paris. So he had to ask me, but he caught it. Yeah. (laughs) So Shane leaves Norman and Rita read the letter. And Norman doesn't get it at all. And Rita gets it. And this is the next time we hear a curse word who we should probably stick some money in that bucket. <laughs> because she says, Holly. Holly. <laughs> like, okay, so can biting. we talk about the background music right here? Just the sadness of the violins. You, It just makes you want to just sob. It, put, it lends itself to the scene and you just mm-hmm. deep you just dip further into this sadness that the two of them are obviously feeling. Right. James Jandrush is a master score oh. composer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he composed music in French that he did not know for this movie only. Like, if you, I mean, if people go to those links, what won't he do? He's very excellent at just create, at creating these moments. And I feel like he does even better job when Martha's involved. He just mm-hmm. really sinks into her mm-hmm. projects and, the score becomes reflective of that. Definitely. Rita explains to Norman the consequences of the assumptions of an unrequited love, essentially, is what that all boils down to. And Rita, you know, she's nervous that she doesn't make sense and that she's just babbling on, but Norman's the sweetest, well, one of the sweetest things to her. And he says, you always make sense to me, Rita. That needs to be a new t-shirt, Casey. That needs to be a new t-shirt. You always make sense to me. And then you can add Rita or not, but. (laughs) I mean, I have here, cue the Oz. Because. And then, and that's where, and that's where the music starts to pick up a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to the background music, that's where the piano starts to come in a little. And just, oh, it was, it was brilliant. What's interesting is Shane's leaving and like between Shane's leaving and and Ramon's like, you know, interference, those two elements are what really propel Norman and Rita into a relationship essentially, because the next thing Norman says is, are you in love with Ramon? And And that pause, that pause before he said it, he's like, do I say this? Do I not? Mm -hmm. Oh, she's looking at me. I'm going to say it, you know? (laughs) Right. And especially after the whole speech of like, don't let nothing happen to you. And, you know, what Rita had just said about, you know, when people, about people caring and not knowing that the other person cares, it's like that assumption of an unrequited love there. I mean, that's the pep talk that Norman needed to have to just outright and say, are you in love with Ramon? Because I need to know if, uh, if you're really out of my league or not, because that was his biggest fear is that Rita is out of his league. Um, even though they speak the same language and they've both been in love with each other for four years. Um, and Rita says, what? No. And here she, you can see that she's like, what do I say? What do I do? What do I do? 
like it's really quick and then she's like you know i'm just i'm gonna be brave i'm gonna say it i'm gonna do it because of what has just happened here i'm not gonna let nothing happen to the two of us and she says i'm in love with you norman xavier dorman and she barely gets his name out and norman goes for it and i'm like yes (laughs) you know Wow. And it only took them a pilot movie, 10 episodes, and the Christmas movie, and then this whole thing to get there. <laughs> you kind of realize that's the only kiss you're going to get this movie, too, in a way. Because, yeah. they, I mean, they had to do something, because you're not going to get one from Shane and Oliver. But I also yeah. feel like, oddly enough, this actually puts them in a really bad pattern. Because they, the way that they end up, like, the bigger steps in their relationship get taken as a result of a failure in Shane and Oliver's relationship. So here, like, it's a perceived failure about this whole thing with, with, um, with, uh, Holly and Oliver, but then when you go, if you even move forward, even to higher ground, they're making, he Mm -hmm. makes a decision to propose to her as a response to what's the perceived failure between what's happening, like that Shane's not coming back, Mm -hmm. and so I feel like that doesn't even get corrected until we get into, like, movie eight, so what I really liked about this is that even though they were together, they still had kinks in their relationship that they were working out, and kind of Mm -hmm. growth that they were having as individuals, because I feel like when they, like, move and you know into the direction of home again like when she reproposes in front of her father like that's the moment that he becomes a man to me like yeah. this is just kind of like a little boy little girl kind of we're figuring it out it's super cute and then like when mom and dad don't make it together we're gonna make sure that we like you know that we get together and we stay together but then there's that weird space where they're not fully grown in a way so I feel like this as awesome as this moment was it was kind of like ooh, but also <laughs> I just noticed <laughs> weird little pattern that kind of uh, I don't know progressed from this moment even as and you even see it in truth be told they don't even know what to do with each other you know right like, we made this big moment you know we had this big moment and this they made a decision in a moment of like I don't know not trauma but like in a very like intense moment they mm-hmm. made a decision that very emotional much, moment yeah mm-hmm. a very emotional mm-hmm. moment they made this decision which while good for in some ways might have been not so awesome in others because there's right. just things they got to work out yeah. And I mean, too, Rita and Norman are the, they're the sweet, the innocent, yeah. you know, the cutesy couple. And Absolutely. I, I love that we have the two dynamics of the relationships between Rita and Norman, which is the innocent young love, because like you said, they don't know what to do with each other. It's like two high school students giggling, like across the room, like we're going out. I'm going to hold your books. Okay. What do we do? I don't know. (laughs) Mom has to take me to the the movies. Can you come, you know, it's kind of like that relationship. Whereas Shane and Oliver are just two opposite dynamics and, um, trying to bring those two together. So, all right. So Shane goes to her house and she sees a stranger on her porch. At least she thinks it's a stranger. So the first thing she whips out is the letter. The letter opener. She's got a weapon to defend herself. (laughs) And we see here that it's Oliver and he is fixing up a porch swing as an early birthday gift to Shane. Um, And what I love about this scene well, first, before I get to this, he t- he takes the letter opener. Is if you put there... your weapon down, I'll let you have a swing on it. <laughs> like how he uses the word dispatched. I'm about to be dispatched. My favorite letter opener. I've not heard him use that word since the pilot, and I'm like, this is so great. Like, yeah. I feel like there's a total like you know, uh, you know, this thing. There's a, there's a bookend here. So, real quick question: Is Oliver slash Eric is he left-handed? Do we, have we noticed that before? And I ask because 
I asked because he takes it with his left hand and he's waving it around. He's like, he's waving his left hand around. Well, as, he, what does he write the letter with? If we think it back to uh, Treasure Box, is, is he- He is, is yes. He was writing it with his left hand. Yes. Okay. There you go. I didn't have a chance I remember, to- I remember him writing it and I went, oh my gosh, he's a lefty. You know, so. well, there you go. Now you know. Well, I mentioned that and I asked just because he's, he's waving it. Like there's no hiding of his hand. It's not like this gigantic reveal. I mean, yeah. as a viewer yeah. for Shane, I mean, she's so upset and hurt that she's not paying attention to rings or anything. She saw a kiss and that was enough for her. But as a viewer, oh, you're, you're thinking, oh, that she saw. Okay. Yeah. No, as a viewer, you're like, oh, he doesn't have a ring on and Shane doesn't see that yet. Um, but what I love about this scene is all the code talk and oh again, my gosh, so funny. If, if you go to Shandell's blog, it's porch conversations decoded, go to that. Um, and you basically like write out the, <laughs> what they're actually Caption. saying, caption yeah, it. I caption it. Um, but I love the code talk. Um, what about you guys? When I was in college, I had a professor that was very, very big on what is not being said. Mm -hmm. And he would make us do, he would make us do exercises. He would take pages of script that we were doing for a play and he would say, okay, now write down what's not being said. And anytime we were in a musical with him, we had to write down what was not being said in the music. And it's just, whoa so I got very very familiar with this kind of thing so when they when they started when, when they started doing this whole play with words I almost got giddy because because this is what I spent my college theater career doing is decoding this kind of thing so it was and it just it is so so funny to me that they are dancing around this subject and they won't actually say it and yet they are saying exactly what they need to because the other one knows exactly what the other's talking about and are you about to say uh, you always make sense to me because i'm starting to ramble like rita <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> well i mean about that scene too they're they're they are in a way speaking code, but they don't exactly understand each other's code until all of her, until Shane says, I wish you nothing but happiness, both of you. And that's when the light goes off in Oliver's head. And he's like, dude, you think I'm still married? <laughs> <laughs> well, he is still married. I mean, but he's, but he's yeah. a free man now because there is no ring on that finger. <laughs> Um, They're operating on asymmetric information. There's like mm -hmm. one knows what the outcome is, one assumes they know what the outcome is, and because she's so hurt, she's not willing to hear anything else that he's saying. Because honestly, she's saying they've the vocabulary they've adopted. He's saying everything she mm -hmm. needs to know, but she's so hurt she can't read it, she can't hear it, she can't see it, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so that's what you know the equalizer becomes. You know when you, she when he kind of you know when she says that, that's kind of the first time she lets it slip, mm -hmm. like kind of what the real issue is because. You know, she first she's like, I don't want to talk about poetry. That's Holly, you know, if you think mm -hmm. about it. And then when he finally says it in a way that he understands, then that's when the tide starts to shift. Right, right. Because like she's, because when they're talking about her quit, or when she says, I've quit, no, seriously, I'm really going. He's basically like, 
wait you always do this like you've done this before i wrote down i wrote down what he said you have a habit of self-terminating whenever confronted with a situation you cannot control right right (laughs) but in that moment oliver doesn't realize what the situation is he just knows that she's running yeah exactly and he's trying to catch up but he can't figure out like what that is he knows what he wants to say and he's saying it and he they've adopted this like work vocabulary to sort of um work through it but Mm -hmm. he still doesn't figure it out until she says that moment and she doesn't figure it out until he's till he says you know i kissed her we wished each other well which said i forgave her i ended it well and now i'm like now i'm single essentially you know now Mm -hmm. i'm we're not pursuing this marriage anymore any longer we've been together working together yeah yeah Yeah, she's she's trying she's skirting it like she's almost gonna address it and he knows that and he's coming at her with the exact things that she needs to know about like what his intentions are towards her in a way and like Mm -hmm. not today but not you know i'm not saying not six months from now not saying a year from now but like just not today but we can get there and this is how i think we're gonna get there he's like laying a roadmap but she's just not hearing him right interesting right it's an amazing scene. It's one of my, it's yeah. one of my favorites of the Shaliver relationship Absolutely. for sure. Um, and so when Shane realizes she takes his hand and she sees that there is no ring on that finger and she says, how do you feel? And again, this just shows Shane is connected. She is all in for Oliver. She cares more about Oliver than she does for herself in this moment. Unlike Holly, who is all about herself and doesn't really care about what Oliver has, like Oliver's a second thought to her. The key word here is care. She cares. Yeah. You know, that, that is something, that is something that I don't think Holly ever developed. Mm -hmm. I don't think that she ever developed caring. And, and Shane cares and it's, I think it's so great that it's her first, it's her first question. It's her first thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably not the first thought in her head. She's probably going, <laughs> yeah. Really thought. yeah, clearly. Like, oh my God, it's gone. Oh my God, it's gone. Like, that's, that's what she's thinking. She's like, well, well, well how do you feel? Because I've, it's great that it's gone, but like, what, ha- what does it mean to be gone? How do right. you feel now that it's gone? Because I mean, she's only half the equation, mm-hmm. you know? Right. right. She's, dealing, she's dealing with all these emotions, but still she asks him, how do you feel first? Yeah. Yeah. And two, for, for Shane, she knows how she feels about Oliver and she, I'm (laughs) sure she has an inkling, like she knows there's a chemistry between her and Oliver. And I think there's a little bit of a fear there if she's like, well, are you in love with me? You know, like, of course she's not going to say that, but she's got to kind of dance around. Yeah. He's got to, she's got to kind of dance around that topic to, to confirm that what she's feeling, he's feeling, he's reciprocating. Like he's feeling that same feeling towards her. Otherwise then that's just a whole, like, Oh, that'd be terrible. You know, if she thought, Oh yeah, he's in love with me too. Yay. And then it didn't work out. So, you know, and kudos for her to ask him about how he feels in order to confirm where they're going to be going from here. And, um, Oliver answers that basically, you know, he's thought about this moment the last two years. What would he do, feel, say um, if he came to the realization that his marriage with Holly was officially over? Like, what would he do? And Shane says, well, what did you do? And he (laughs) says, I went out and bought a porch swing. And all of us go, yeah, you did. (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) The first thing, the 
first thing he does when his marriage is over is he goes out and buys a very meaningful early birthday present for another woman. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. talk. His you know? first thought is shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. What can he do when he could see the sun? Well, he decided he'd come home. It's springtime <laughs> out here. So he got her. He's going to get something He's going to get something to enjoy that sun. Right? <laughs> yeah. Near that porch. That's what I'm saying. Sure. It's something, it's like, I, what I love about it is that, like, he built something that, like, he could, he could enjoy. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> like, he got something that was not just, like, you know, that it's not just for her. He could have, I guess, got, like, a single person horse swing. But, like, you know, he got something that he could share with her. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. unequal seating, tenuous seating, mind you, but seating that, you know, has, has the past potential. Yeah. And it also shows that he listens. Mm-hmm. He listens because yep. that's something that she shared with him. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say, what do you want for your birthday? He went right. out and bought a porch swing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just want to know. Knowing that she didn't have one, because how did he know that she didn't even have one? Like, she could have had one the whole time. But I don't, <laughs> that, that's what I love about it. It's like, it's so, pre- it's presumptuous to, to a degree. But also, it's just, like, really sweet. And you're like, and he even, like, set it up. So I didn't like he just bought it and, like, brought it there, you know? No. He actually was up explaining to the cops why he's up, like, out here late at night on, like, a random porch putting this thing together. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yes, officer. I, I bought a porch swing for my, uh, friend. Oh, girlfriend. <laughs> friend. My coworker, but I'm not dating her. I just really wanted to get this porch swing and put it at two in the morning. My employee. Yeah. Very it's very important. <laughs> oh dear. It's critical work we're doing here. 100%. And so we go back to the winter theme where Oliver says it was a long winter, but spring is almost here. Shane says it's coming. Mm-hmm. Oliver says it's coming. And okay. He was totally, <laughs> he was totally about to kiss her. He stopped himself, but he was totally going to kiss her. Uh, <laughs> When I saw this, I was like, oh my goodness, it's the lip stare. It's the wing calls the heart, Elizabeth and Jack lip stare thing going on. And Oliver is all about that. Like he is, he, oh, he's, no, he doesn't go for it. Okay. But the lip stare, that, that tension, that romantic tension between the two of them is just, that's just the beginning. And what's interesting about that too is because Oliver has been such a gentleman because he was committed to his marriage he never really entertained that right you know it was never a obvious thing like we all knew that like with the dance like there was that awkward pause but he didn't he didn't lip stare her he he couldn't look her in the eye because he realized what was coming you know to the the surface of his feelings but in this moment now that Holly has returned to Paris we got some thoughts about kissing. <laughs> it was a unique little moment of clarity. And what I love about these things is that every time another layer gets peeled back on Oliver, there are these like unique moments of clarity that he suddenly has. And like, you see like a glimpse of that next step of like what could be coming next. Yeah. And I, I just love that. That's like just these little moments, just that they're so talented that they can even embed them like within their performance, even if they're not written on the script is like, this should be something that happens next. Like it's just this little moment of like vulnerability or confidence and clarity, which I feel like is what you kind of see 
at that like lip stare a little bit I guess there. I never really like, <laughs> I never classified it as a lip stare but like there was definitely some intense eye contact oh, I'm yeah. kind of wondering like where was his mind at but like that's you know that's that's it and I love that they like have these little moments that they can embed in the script and that these actors are so talented enough that they can just pull them off so subtly that like it just takes a second of, of screen time Mm-hmm. there's one there's this one look that he gives her it's even before they sit down and it's just he he looks at her almost longingly mm-hmm. tilts his head and then the porch thing yeah well that that's a wrap for from paris with love part two <laughs> so i have some trivia because we always end our little wow. sessions here with trivia. I warned her. <laughs> yeah, I did too. All right. Number one. And if any postables, if you guys get these trivia questions without actually like looking it up as we're, we're talking about it, good on you. Let me know if you got these because I try to pick really hard ones. All right. Number one. Let me get the easy ones. <laughs> It's like, we should get the curveballs. We've been here hours. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) All right. Number one, what is the name of the nightclub that um, Joey and Caitlin would go to? Krakow Club. Bingo! (laughs) Yes. I had that. I knew it. (laughs) What languages does Ramon speak? Latin, Portuguese, Romanian. And... (laughs) French, French, well, French, yeah, <laughs> obviously, but okay. English and English. So okay, but, no, I wrote down that entire. I wrote down nice that entire call. thing. Latin, of course. Portuguese, I breathe it. Romanian, my mother tongue. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What state was Ramon actually pointing to, according to Norman? Idaho. Idaho. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shane takes Rita. To open the letter, what is her coffee order, or what does she say she needs? Americano, oh, two pumps of umbrello, something, something. Two shots of uh, espresso. espresso. Two pumps of espresso, <laughs> and something else. Yeah, there's like three things. All right, between the between y'all, you guys kind of got it. An extra large amar- americano with double shot of espresso, of espresso, and a side of steamed um, low fat milk with two pumps of amaretto. That is a complicated, or I'm yeah. not a coffee drinker, so I don't, I don't know anything about coffee, but that sounds incredibly complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ba- basically, it's a black coffee with extra shots of espresso, like extra caffeine and low-fat milk with amaretto, which is like a flavor, I guess. All right. Last question. What is Joey and Caitlin's address? You don't ask the name of their restaurant. You ask the address. Yeah, it was on there. We see it when Joey signed divorce yeah. papers. <laughs> oh man, oh. I've seen it and I've looked at it, but I don't remember what it is. Right no, now. no clue. No one no knows. It's too late at night for me to know, anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's nine fifty-five South Highland, Denver, Colorado. South Highland. Okay. Yep. All right, y'all. It has been so much fun dissecting from Paris with love these last two weeks. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Chandel, for taking the time out of your very busy schedule, I'm sure, to chat all things signed, still delivered with us. Um, My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is super fun. Yes, it has been so much fun. And we hope to have you on again, of course. Um, so where can people, where can people find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at Alameda and Alameda Downing. You can find me on Facebook at Alameda and Downing and then also um, Alameda Downing blog.weekly.com. Awesome. And Jess, where can people find you? You can find me at Jess BSW blog on Twitter and Instagram or my website beneathstillwaters.com. And Kemi? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cammy Drama Girl on Facebook, the Hooked Hardy Facebook page, and my blog is hookedhardy.com. And you can find me at Hallmark My Words on Twitter. You can find the podcast at Deliver Me a Pod on Twitter, Deliver Me a Podcast on Instagram. Also follow the Hallmarkies podcast, Hallmarkies Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and then also check out our merch store because we have lots of postable things that you can get and you can get them not just in a shirt. You can get them in a mug, a notebook, a cell phone case, a pillowcase or a pillow. I think it's an actual pillow. Yeah. And there's going to be a new pillow that says you always make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have a list of things that people have, sh have shared. It's just the amount of time that I have to actually make it happen. So hopefully I'll make something happen in the next few weeks here but um it's been a pleasure you guys and i think the next movie we have will be uh, truth be told which is another very heavy oliver centered story with forgiveness <laughs> once again so we will be so excited to talk about that um and yeah i think that's all i have au revoir postables <laughs> <laughs> all right bye we'll see you next week Bye. Bye. Bye.